From the governor's mansion to city hall, all of the election 2021 coverage you need at the top of every hour, right here on WCHV. Joe Thomas in the morning. It's a Ted's D morning and joining us on the newsmakers line. uh, uh, And I hope uh, that his family is okay. uh, If he has any still there, Jason Miares running for attorney general uh, from uh, for the Commonwealth of Virginia. Jason, um, of course, your your mom escaped uh, Cuba years ago. uh, And if you still have family down there, I pray that they're okay. How are you doing this morning, sir? Uh, I'm doing good. You know, the uh, my grandfather in Cuba, Angel Miaras, is one of nine children, so I have a lot of cousins that, unfortunately, I've never met, uh, that uh, not heard from. They've shut down Internet service. They've blocked most communications in and out of the island. So uh, this always happens with authoritarian regimes, and that's what we're happening in Cuba. These individuals are rising up, despite what the Biden administration has said. They're not marching on the streets uh, complaining about COVID vaccines or the pathetic nature of their socialized healthcare system that I know a lot of people on the American left tends to romanticize. Uh, they're, they're, they're on the streets asking for the most basic of human freedom, human dignity, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and the freedom to be able to choose their own destiny with their own leaders. And uh, there hasn't had in over 60 years free and fair elections in Cuba. And that's what they're asking for. That's what they're begging for. Unfortunately, uh, and this is pretty predictable, was this is a spontaneous uprising in over 40 different cities and towns in Cuba. They shut down the Internet, and at night is when they come for you. Mm-hmm. At night is when the Cuban security forces will come in the middle of the night and take you away. That's what happened to my uncle uh, in Cuba, uh, where his family didn't know what he was for uh, four or five days. Um, and for all they knew, he and he suffered the humiliation of a mock execution. People that are listening don't understand what it is to live with constant fear that just one wrong word or one misstatement uh, that you can be taken away in the middle of the night. So the bravery of these Cuban people, and some of them are waving the American flag at a time when we have protesters in our own country that are burning the American flag, that are stepping on it, that are claiming that the American flag is somehow a symbol of oppression. I don't care if it's Havana. I don't care if it's Hong Kong. Uh, guess what? They're not waving the Canadian flag. They're not waving the flag of Spain or the European Union. They're, fly- they're waving our flag, which tells you a little bit of our unique position in the world as that last best hope uh, for so many people. And, uh, you know, I'm watching, obviously, with a lot of close interest there. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit heartbreaking to – it's heartwarming to see the Cuban people rising up. It's heartbreaking to know what is happening every night right now uh, in the torture cells and then being taken in the middle of the night. And and uh, it is that part is is heartbreaking to know what's happening to people asking for freedom. What an elegant, elegant and eloquent uh, description of both there and here, Jason. If you weren't a Jason Miaris fan before that, uh, you probably are now. Jason, and I always forget this to the end, give everyone the website where people can find out more about your run for attorney general. Yeah, they can go to my website, just jason4ag.com. It's jason, the number 4ag.com. Uh, they can get more involved, find out more about both about me and my and my position. Uh, but listen, I mean, there is a Virginia connection here. Don't forget that Terry McAuliffe, when he was governor, uh, took a trip to uh, Cuba when he was governor and bragged about his great relationships with this uh, the last 
the only non-democracy in all of North America, this socialist dictatorship. Well, Terry McAuliffe is silent. He was silent first on his trip, and, I, and, and when he went, I called upon him to meet with the dissidents in Cuba, meet with those prisoners of conscience, meet with those that are asking for human dignity and human freedom. And Terry McAuliffe refused. And guess what? He's still silent to this day. He has yet to release a single statement. And so my challenge to Terry McAuliffe, I doubt he's listening to your show, but I've said this <laughs> to several media outlets. My challenge to Terry McAuliffe is this. You bragged about your great relationships with the Cuban regime. Why don't you pick up the phone and call some of your friends? Uh, and the Castro, the Castroites that run uh, Cuba right now. And why don't you say, you know what, as Virginians, which is the birthplace of democracy in the Western Hemisphere, we care about human freedom. Why don't you pick up the phone and use some of your so-called influence with this regime and, and tell them that as Virginians we care? But we know he won't, because just as Terry McAuliffe was a coward when he was in Cuba, refusing to meet with the dissidents, he's a coward now by right now not speaking on their behalf. So why don't you use some of your influence and actually call this regime and tell them to knock it off. Mm. These, they're jailing people. They're taking people in the middle of the night. And so um, I think that's probably the challenge I would have right here, is you can't have your cake and eat it, too, and go to Cuba and take pictures with these the, the, the socialist dictators and the, and the members of this regime that are oppressing their own people, bragging that you're trying to bring trade to Virginia. Stay silent while you're there. Pretend, turn a blind eye to this human misery and human suffering there. And then now that you're running to be governor of Virginia again, the same position that was once held by Thomas Jefferson. Now think about this. 245 years ago, Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence that we have certain inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. He wrote those words to the greatest empire the world had ever seen. That's the same seat that Terry McAuliffe held. And he did not have the spine. Did not have the spine. When Thomas Jefferson risked his own life, to actually speak out for human freedom and human dignity when he was both visiting Cuba and he still won't do it today. He fell far short of the great men that have held that seat prior to him. He does not deserve that seat again. And his silence on Cuba is an indictment on, on, on the lack of moral leadership he has for that position of governor. Jason, your opponent at the very early days of COVID said in, a, in an opinion that uh, virtual meetings were inappropriate for the conducting of regular government. He backtracked that within a month. I don't know if Governor Northam, you know, got got to him or somebody got to him and said, no, 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 continuity of government. We talk about you know what the Cuban people are feeling in their in representation in the Castroites. Uh, there are a lot of people around here saying, when are we going to be able to even be in the room with our school board uh, or our board of supervisors? Albemarle County says, yeah, maybe September or sometime we'll let you back into the gallery when we're meeting. Uh, they don't want to meet. Uh, for fear of death, we've given up our liberty. It's like we've turned that other great governor's words on its head. Well, you're exactly right, and, and accountability is one of the one of the hallmarks of uh, a free society. And they've shut off uh, so many Virginians' ability to actually communicate with their legislators. They did this this past session, where for the first time, you know, and the, one of the great things about the General Assembly is, I, at least for me, I have an open door policy. We have citizen days. We have different uh, citizens just come and talk to their legislators on issues. I mean, everything from uh, uh, biker safety. Uh, to environmental, to teachers, to cops, to firemen. They will just have a day where they come up, realtors, you name the group, 
they'll all come up, and it's one of the best hallmarks of what we call citizen legislature. We're a part-time legislature only in session 60 days a year, and then we go home and live normal lives. That's one of the best ways for us to meet with people. That was completely shut down uh, this past session, and you're seeing this to these school boards. The reality is what the school boards don't want is they don't want all of these parents that are concerned about about these school districts and these teachers uh, essentially teaching these kids um, uh, what to think instead of teaching them how to think. And that's the problem with critical race theory. Critical race theory is raising an entire generation of children to learn to hate their country. And parents are outraged. That's one of the byproducts of the pandemics is a lot of folks were, a lot of children were coming home and learning from home, and parents are seeing what their kids were learning and thinking, what in the world is, mm-hmm. is this curriculum? This is not an accurate representation. This is a very distorted lens of how to view uh, who our nation is. And, you know, one of our national mottos is e pluribus unum, out of many, one. It seems we have some on the American left that want to do out of many are many. Mm-hmm. That balkanization of America is horrific. And I actually had a retired Marine officer come to me and said, listen, this is a national security issue. Critical race theory is. Because how do you recruit somebody to serve and possibly be willing to die for their country if they're being raised from first through 12th grade to be told their country is intrinsically somehow evil? Wow. And, and, and I, that just really struck me as we're facing all of these great challenges in the 21st century, particularly with the rise of the Chinese Communist Party and their view of replacing the American dream with the Chinese dream. That's what they've said in their speeches. And, and at the same time we're dealing with this, this great struggle in the 21st century, we have this very, very far left in academia, in our colleges, and unfortunately now in our public schools that are teaching this doctrine that is that I'm sure the Chinese Communist Party loves, but at the end of the day is teaching children to learn to hate their country. And Jason. that is utterly tragic. And so what you're seeing right now in the streets of Havana and the streets of Hong Kong are people that recognize that America is a unique country with a unique role in the world. We are the beacon of freedom and hope. We're the first government with a written constitution and recorded history that empowers the individual instead of empowering government. And it has led to the greatest flourishing of human freedom and dignity the world has ever seen. Yes, there are moments where we fall far short. Yes, we should study it. Yes, we should talk about it. We should not in any way minimize it. But we can't also say that defines everything we are, because we are that beacon of hope. And they are waving that flag. They're waving our flag. They're reciting our Declaration of Independence. And, Joe, what probably is one of the most infuriating things for me to, to see is on July 4th, NPR ran a trigger warning, I kid you not, prior to the reading of the Declaration of Independence on July 4th. Unbelievable. They had to do a trigger warning because people may be offended. That is, that is funded by taxpayers. NPR is. Mm-hmm. And so the idea we've reached this point where people now get offended by the reading of the Declaration of Independence on America's birthday, how do we got to this point is mind-boggling. Only 36% in a survey that came out right after July 4th, of 36% of young Americans 20, 18 to 25 say they are proud of their country. Only 36% are proud or somewhat proud of their country. Jason, I'm How do we survive as a nation, Joe? I don't know, but something needs to change and change quick. I'll tell you well, that right I now. I think I think the first bite at that is going to be the first Tuesday after the first Monday this November, uh, Jason. And give that website again because I know I've got to let you go and get on with your day. Yeah, it's J- Jason4AG.com. Uh, That's Jason, the number 4AG.com. Always a pleasure being with you, Joe. And 
you're right. This is the time where people can stand up and say no more. We're going to have our voices heard. We hear it every day when I go on the campaign trail. Glenn Youngkin and I, we hear it every day. People are like, listen, we used to be Democrats or we're independents. We think this is, we need a check and balance in Richmond. Something needs to change. And if you're tired of, if you think right now your community is safer than it was eight years ago, do you think that, are you happier than what your children are learning than what they were learning eight years ago? Then that tells you we need to change. You can't, you, our murder rate's up, our violent crime rate's up, and what our children are learning in school is different than, than it's a distorted view of who we are as a people. If you're tired of that, the only way you could change it is change the leadership and go out and vote uh, this fall. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you, sir. God bless. The original social media. Call Joe Thomas in the morning on anything. What do you make out of this? Really? Huh? What a bro? Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV.